Hi, friends. We are here. We are gathered here today to discuss the 1998 version of Parent Trap. I'm your co-host for the evening, Julia Washington. I host Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. And I'm joined by... I'm Natalie Katona. I'm the host and producer of the weekly podcast to all the men I've tolerated before. Your weekly look at everyday misogyny. I will be putting a reminder comment that we love comments in the comments so you can find my uh, YouTube channel and leave comments. Comment. (laughs) Leave comments. And because we're using a third party user, we don't know that you're here. So you have to comment to let us know that you are here. If you'd like us to have you included in the conversation. Okay. We are here to talk about the parent trap 1998 starring, um, Lindsay Lohan. You sent that in the private chat. I, I wasn't going to call me on it. And then it's you sorry. did. I was already copying it. I'm so sorry. I'm a horrible person. You're rude. I know. <laughs> I, um, Let's do a summary of The Parent Trap 1998 because yeah. now I'm an asshole, so we have to segue. Twins Annie and Hallie are strangers until happenstance unites them. The preteen girls' divorced parents, Nick and Elizabeth, are living on opposite sides of the Atlantic, each with one child. After meeting at camp, American American-raised Hallie and British-raised Annie engineer an identity swap, giving both the chance to spend time with the parent they've missed. If this scheme works, it might just make the family whole again. Wow. You know what I just realized when reading that summary? Mm. I wonder if twins could potentially still get away with, like, swapping. Because she they had to use each other's passports. Yeah, and I think, well... Considering that it is just Lohan playing them both. Yeah. I'm convinced just, and I know a lot of, a lot. I know identical twins and there's always one tell. And if you know them well enough, you know yeah. the tell. Yeah. Correct. I a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Because even though they're identical, they're still a little different. A little different. A little different. Okay. So answer your question. Which twin are you? Oh, I'm probably the bullshitty American one. <laughs> That's perfect because I'm definitely Annie. Exactly. So I'm the and then like threatening you over a poker game <laughs> and then getting all of my friends to hate you. And mm-hmm. that's who I am. Yeah. And then yeah. we just become best friends. Yeah. Okay. If not sisters, if not if, twins. If not sisters, if not twins. Yes, 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 yes. So as we so this is a movie that I rewatch regularly. And I'd like to also acknowledge that it has been 25 years since this movie has released. So a lot has wow. happened in those 25 years. But what remains true is how emotional I get during this movie. Really? Which parts? When both of them, when she, when Aunt, when Hallie meets uh, Elizabeth is her name, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the Lizzie. first time. Yeah. For the very first time. And she's just like, what? Is, she says specifically something like, you're here. 
And it just, it's such a, and she's just so happy and welcoming. And that's literally what you want, right? I don't know if that's what you want, but that's all I want. When I walk into a space where I know that people love me is to feel loved. And she is the embodiment of that. And poor Hallie has never felt that love. So then you see it for the first time and you're just like, this is so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, I do love it. And you know, there's a really cute grandfather figure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, are we going to talk about how really stupid this whole idea was to begin with? That like, number one, I'm convinced Dennis Quaid came up with it. I was like, this is a white man's plan. You you know, this is jump. based on a book and a, then which was adapted into a movie in 1961, which was then reimagined for 1998, right? The only thing that I can um, remember by from the 1961 movie is I can picture what the almost stepmom looks like exactly. Yeah, and I think it, and I think it's because she looks so much like what the almost stepmom in The Sound of Music looks like. Mm. And then I know what the twins look like. And then I go, I know the let's get together yeah 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 that was an original song for that movie yeah Yeah. um so vicky in the original is vicky in the new one playing meredith's mom oh it's the same actress that's my favorite piece of trivia that i tell everybody and i'm sure if anyone who's a regular listener of pop culture makes me jealous uh has heard me say that pretty frequently um so i love that it was a book yeah oh wait no no, that's right. Wait, hold on. I read Haley Mills's memoir, and then I also did a bunch of stuff for Freaky Friday, the original one, and now I might be conflating information. I don't know. I've never seen Parent Trap on a book cover. Also, I don't care if the book said, if the original text says that it wasn't that man's idea to take two twins and be like, one's better than none, and split them up between an ocean. <laughs> you can't convince me at all that it wasn't like that is a man's plan through and through. Like it's li- a mother. Yes, fact- it is a book written by Eric Kastner, published in 1949. So it I'm is sure a man's, he didn't, it was I'm a sure man's idea. Yeah. Mm hmm. I'm, well, I meant like in like in my head canon about like, okay, so you're about to get divorced and you're looking at these two infants and you're trying to figure out transcontinental custody arrangements. And then Joe Jonas looks at you and goes, <laughs> I know one is better than none. <laughs> we'll let's just split them. let's split them. Mm-hmm. And Number one, Sophie Turner would never. And to think that, like, he must have taken her to court or he must have done something because I'm like, a mother would never. A mother would never be like, oh, never see one of my twins again? Sure. (laughs) A woman would never. I was like, this is a man's plan through and through. He thinks Mm -hmm. he fixed something. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my piece on it because I was like, because, you know, you know, I get like real messed up with the home alone of it all to be like, parents would never. <laughs> this is neglect. <laughs> like, how? And then everyone's in on it. The grandfather's in on it. The butler's in on it. Chessie's in on it. And it's not like 
Dennis Quaid and Natasha Richardson, RAP, were exchanging letters or updates on yeah, the it was other a clean twin. break. Yeah. Because you know some nosy kid would have found something. Yeah. If this were 2023, this movie could not truly exist in the way that it does. And I actually think, and even though I love this film, I actually think the 1961 version works better because you still have a level of anonymity. Anim I can't say the I'm word. I'm not going to be able to say it. Pick a new word. <laughs> you still can live anonymously in a way that you can't that didn't like yeah you can have an anonymous life in 1998 with that said he has a wine label so he's still like pretty well known and she's pretty famous too right yeah. and, like that's part of the like that's part of the the um end of the movie when they were not the middle of the movie that's the climax of the movie when everything sort of starts to like come to realization like the 1961 version, it's like, oh shit, this is completely random happenstance. Like we had this, we could have gone on living forever and this would have never been an issue. But in the 1998 version, it's, it was, it's a miracle. It only happened yeah. when they were 11 and not right. sooner. It's very sister, sister, where they make it all the way to teens. And that oh, was an adoption that, show. Mm -hmm. that was a, we, we happened to adopt twins and now they're at the same high school. More plausible in my head than a mother yeah. being like, sure, let's split the infants down the middle. <laughs> right. Right. Which twin do you save? Which, uh, which twin gets to be British and which one gets to be an American asshole? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Thank God that they both like lived pretty white privileged lives because, as you know, I'm a free form slut. If you want to put a teen soap drama on free form, I'm going to eat it like it was my favorite ice cream. Mm -hmm. So I was obsessed to the point where I was convinced it was teaching me sign language, switched at birth on yeah. um, free form, yeah. where one of the children due to poverty, healthcare, insurance issues or whatever, ends up deaf. And one lives in poverty while the other one lives a very bougie white lady lifestyle mm -hmm. in the good neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, it's like a grittier parent trap. <laughs> yeah, it truly is. Um, okay, but okay. Can I switch us gears a little bit? Mm -hmm. So the opening is, you know, they meet at camp. Yeah, I love camp. camp Camp Walden. Yeah. Camp Walden has Native American names for all of their housing. Sure does. It's probably on indigenous land. Because they're in Maine and there is yeah. a large indigenous population up there um, that sort of bleeds over America and Canada because apparently because we're obsessed with borders, even though they've been there since like the dawning of the ages. And I'm also trying to remember if in the 90s and the 2000s, that was a really big thing that was happening in like the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts of mm -hmm. our lives. Mm -hmm. um, as we know, I dropped out of Girl Scouts after one year. I found it insanely boring. Yeah. My sister had a completely different Girl Scout troop, got to ride horses, got to do overnights, got to see owls. Thrilling. My age group for uh, Girl Scouts was like literally like gluing fake animal fur onto magnets. And I was mm. like, oh my God. <laughs> I could do this at home by myself. I, I could do it. this at home by myself. And my social battery is depleting. So... I'm, I have no idea if that's, it feels like every time we were outside in a group 
in the 90s or 2000s, we were somehow encroaching on indigenous land because and appropriating like customs in a way that's so watered down that it when you you know what I mean? It was just kind of like always like, hey, we're going to kind of do like indigenous things, but we're going to do the white version. But that's not how they called it. They're just like, look at us being cool. I very much went to an elementary school where for grandparents day in the fall, you did powwows for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they, and the gym teacher pretended to be able to teach you a powwow routine. And then yeah. in the spring for mommy's and muffins day or whatever the fuck it would be um, square dancing because they're equivalent in the Midwest, in the Midwest, they're like culture square dancing the history (laughs) behind square dancing you can thank henry ford for because he like got real insecure about like um non-white people and things like seeping their way into culture so he was like you know how we can ensure good white values square dancing and to this day it's still required curriculum and physical education yeah. classes so that's yeah. like the watered down version it's like way more uh sinister than what i've offered but that's that's your reader's digest version i guess also do you want to know how much you don't want to be a third grader dosi doing with another third grader touching some gross boy from yeah. your computer class you don't yeah. want to no um and every field trip I went to, and I didn't know if this was just like a Midwest thing or if every state, because every state kicked out indigenous people, mm-hmm. um, had this too. Every one of my outdoor field trips had like white people telling me about indigenous Native American culture and the tribes that lived on the land that we were standing on. But there would also be like a farm. It's like, so this is where the settlers lived. Um, this is Bessie, the cow. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, the cow. And then they'd be like, try this maple syrup. We tapped it from the tree today. And then they, and that would be the only thing you got to eat that day. And I was a fat kid. And I was like, my blood sugar is crashing. And you just put a little bit of maple syrup on my finger and went, that'll do you until you're back on the bus. Right. And then we're tramping through the woods to the, indigenous camp to be like and then this is where the indigenous people lived and it's like a fire pit and like a patch of like a hammock type thing yeah and i'm like this is a lot of white people teaching me about not white people yeah i you know and it's interesting too because in the and we're not we're not here to compare the original to the 1998 version just the original is seared into my brain because i'm convinced my mother wanted to be Haley mills at some point in her life and have her career um we like even in the original they're like there's a neighboring camp that's boys and it also has you know uh, a native name to it and you're just like what is going on in the middle of the 20th century to late 20th century that we are so obsessed 
but we don't acknowledge the horrors of any of it. You know what I mean? Why are you acting like that doesn't happen in 2023? Look how white people love to chug a margarita during Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, no, I know that's true (laughs) because white people definitely invented Taco Tuesday. Like that is not a thing. (laughs) Like with white people tacos. Remember when TikTok was first brand new and they were like, and you'd like make, I love a white people taco because that's what me as a white person grew up with on taco tuesday and be like white people tacos gotta get my shredded lettuce shredded lettuce for my white people tacos (laughs) so think of cinco de mayo um think of i mean juneteenth had two years of people not bringing just their whiteness to it but if you don't think that that's coming It's. I mean, it already is because Walmart tried to do an ice cream for Juneteenth in a way that just felt really icky. I think it was Walmart. No, um, was it Ben and Jerry's that has one too? Or we okay? no, like Walmart? Some, or maybe it's not specifically Walmart brand, but whoever found it was in Walmart. This ice cream company was literally trying to trademark Juneteenth for their ice cream. Like it's egregious. Um, I feel like the child's version of Cinco de Mayo, because you can't slam a margarita for Cinco de Mayo mm -hmm. as a fourth grader, is we will inappropriately teach you the Thanksgiving story and how pilgrims loved the Indians until they didn't. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah, so with, like, that opening scene with, like, Camp Walden, and then they're like, uh, Allie James, you're in... I forget what the name was that she yeah. rattled... That Janice rattled off. And I was just like, oh, this might be the only part of the movie that doesn't age well. Also, I'm a fairly recent ex-teacher. We're still not teaching it right in schools. Yeah. And I had a, a teacher aide who was a man of color, and here I am talking about butter and, like, fucking log cabins or whatever. And he goes, sis... You're not gonna tell you're not gonna tell them what the what the colonizers did after they made their butter. And mm-hmm. I was like, we have to get through this one reader, and then maybe we could have story time about what truly happened. Right. <laughs> with the colonialists. Right. Right. Um right. and I told you that horrific I've told you so many horrific stories about white people in Indiana just being like we should be able yeah. to just make jokes and stories and mockeries right. of anything and everything that has to do with the fact that we're living on indigenous ground. Right. Take it all back. Take it from the white people. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things, though, during those, when they were at camp that, like, made me cringe as a parent was when she's like, here's a needle. I'm going to pierce your ears. And it wasn't, it was like a dull Mm-hmm. looking needle and she just lights a match for like lit on fire. three seconds it's like sterilized and i was like shit like I, that happens at camp have you not I been know. to summer camp no i've never been to overnight camp i've never been to sleepaway camp oh. i i went to sixth grade camp because that was a school sanctioned thing um and then outside of that because it was like you could go to mexico on a missions trip which is modern day colonization so i'm not do i wasn't gonna do that that. um but i but as you know punk rock was my life for a very long time so to see this and so what i've seen people pierce their own ears with needles Mm -hmm. they were sharp (laughs) yes this one was like 
here's a metal rod I'm going to shove through shove your earlobe. Ear. And I just had this moment of like, oh, honey, you don't have anything sharper than that. But I guess you wouldn't because With they probably apple. are like, they're probably like, you can't bring sharp, I- sharp items to camp. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think I've seen people do it with safety pins. Yeah, that's how we yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my memory filled in a safety pin for that. I thought it was oh. a safety pin that she used for it. Um, clearly not now. But yeah, camp- sleepaway camp, which I did at Gifted and Talented Camp, where my parents used to go to college, because I don't know if we know this, but I'm very smart. Um that's the only reason I know what a tampon is. No one was going to tell me what a tampon was, but someone oh. got their period during the school year, had oh, their period at camp, and did a whole show and tell. Was her name Margaret? Mm-mm. Because that's no. how, how are you there, God, it's me, Margaret ends. <laughs> no, she was one of, I do not remember her name. It may have been Gabby, but mm-hmm. that could also be a woman I went to college with. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I do know that she was one of the few women of color in my like dorm for uh gifted and talented camp and mm. she did a whole ass show and tell and nice. no one was gonna do that for me <laughs> yeah so i well i always felt like maybe i was missing out on a cultural experience by never yeah. going to sleepaway camp i understand that sleepaway um, camp is the fucking best that's why i love murder mysteries because the camp counselors Threw us a dinner theater clue inspired murder mystery. Oh, I love that. See, and then, and now that I'm remembering it, my church, the junior high, did like a weekend retreat. It's not the same because it's like, it's like we're going to sing about how much we love God. You know, I think it's very trendy that adults now have summer camps. There are like now adult summer camps. We can, Mm -hmm. everyone, our Venmos and all of the ways that you can support both of our shows and julia getting to go to summer camp sleepaway camp for the very first time are in all of our bios <laughs> look at that julia's never been to summer camp never That's rude we can never. get her there 2024 summer 2024 adult summer uh sleepaway yeah. camp she can't go alone she won't know how to do it i have to go with her it's true i do need a handler because if it wasn't revolving around jesus i wasn't no. allowed to do it oh <laughs> That's wild. That okay. That truly drives me wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, so I want to get. There's like so much I want to get into, Natalie, and I don't okay. even know like where to begin. I do want to add the another emotional thing that I had is when um she comes home and meets the grandfather for the first time. That's one of my favorite scenes for a multiple for a lot of reasons, and the main one is is that is exactly how it's done in the 1961 version, and it's perfect because it still has the right modern vibe but still feels nostalgic Mm -hmm. in a way that if you haven't seen the 61 version you're still gonna have all the feels and emotions even i mean down to the lines is that my girl that tall gangly thing and then she's like i'm making a memory they change I think it's pipe tobacco in the 1998 version and it's just straight tobacco in the 61 version. But like, to me, that scene is so beautiful. It is (laughs) so beautiful. And as you know, I have a prominent grandfather in my life. So I adopted other people's. Yeah. And I'd be like, you're my grandpa now. Good for you. Yeah. Um, But I never got to like smell someone else's grandpa and make a memory or really smell my own grandfather's. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this tear jerky moment that if I don't know, there's something about it. 
Um, I also do want to say, I think that watching this movie on the heels of watching a Nora Ephron movie last week, and Nora Ephron is deemed like the queen of rom-coms who like is a brilliant genius because she's been nominated so many times for her work and all these things. Nancy Myers doesn't really get the same sort of clout that I think she deserves because there are so many elements to Nancy Myers movies that also kind of feel similar, not the same, but it's still very nostalgic for an old movie movies of old. There were so many scenes like when Natasha, Natasha, that's her real name. When Elizabeth Lizzie. and um, Nick are in the basement, in the wine cellar. And he's like showing her, I have all the wine labels from that were served at our wedding. And you're just like, oh my God, that's so fucking romantic. But then she's like, I can't. And then backs up and it's like a shadow on her face. And then it's illuminated across her. Like that feels so old Hollywood. And there's so many moments like that, not just in this movie, but then in like almost every Nancy Myers movie. Hit me with some other Nancy Myers movies. Um, okay. Ugh. Uh, it's complicated, which isn't, I wouldn't necessarily recommend I that one that because, <laughs> um, Alec Baldwin is Alec Baldwin. I hated that movie. Um, I very much did not like it. Yeah. And I don't blame you. She did all of the father of the brides. She did uh, the holiday. She did something's got to give. I don't think we have the father of the brides on our list. And how, how do we not? She did Baby Boom. Well, she wrote Baby Boom. I don't know if in terms of directing. She did. Oh, Parent Trap looks like it was her first director. director her directorial debut, Ooh. if you will. And maybe that's why. Maybe that's why she doesn't get the same like sort of standing that Nora Ephron gets. Because her directing debut came later. But she's been writing stuff since the 80s. She wrote Baby Boom, for Christ's sake. The Diane Keaton movie. It's I don't think film. I've seen Baby Boom. Oh, it's a great film. Great um, film. I was thinking that watching this one after Freaky Friday made me realize that, to me, the parent trap is the um, standard for kids' movies that also involve adults. Yeah. Um, or adult rom-coms that also involve kids. Yeah. And maybe that's why in comparison Freaky Friday feels so shallow because mm. Parent Trap lets you sit in the emotions and and it's not easy. It's not like okay, Nick saw um Lizzie and now they're in love. No, there's a whole other 45 minutes to the movie. Right. And then the bat and like the way that they present the backstory is really it's really simple and quick, but you get just enough to understand that there's a whole lot of complicated mess um, within those 11 years after everything sort of fell apart. I do feel like there is. Um, you and I've talked about this because I'm going towards Meredith Blake now. I love Meredith Blake. So I have a couple. I have a, I have I have a couple of different points. The first what? one being, you and I talk about this all the time. There's they sidestep, but also sort of minimally address the age gap. Yeah, she's twenty six years at minimum because he's at least forty. He's at least forty. Oh, 
so she's 26 between Nick and, and, and Meredith. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it is 15 years between Haley and, and Annie and Meredith. Cause they're 11. They're going right. to be 12 and you know, in the fall. Oh, that's where I got 15. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they've only been dating for eight weeks. Like this is fast. Well, and also, I don't think I realized as a child how much Chessie is on it. She's like, oh, yeah, this young floozy flies in from somewhere. She knows Facebook. She's going to put your dad on the social media map. And next thing I know, they're kissing and fucking. And now she's going to marry him after eight weeks. I was like, oh, no, that is gold digger behavior. (laughs) Yeah. So they really set her up to be because, you know, the message is always, well, the younger women are always seducing the older men. Mm -hmm. So they really set that up in this film. She is absolutely set up as the predator in this scenario. She is so sexually charged. It the sexual charge of Meredith does not break until she has that one on one conversation with Hallie slash Annie mm-hmm. um, because up until then every time you see Meredith the music changes mm-hmm. there are close-ups on different parts of her body she's in someone's lap yeah <laughs> and she is so sexually charged whenever she talks to Nick because she's mm-hmm. got a goal and she's gonna get it and I think that's what builds the stark contrast to be like because you know I grew up with jessica rabbit i was like oh sexy ladies are fun Mm -hmm. sexy sexually charged ladies that's who you want to be but what makes your brain flip into oh no she's the villain mode is because as soon as nick isn't in the picture she's so goddamn mean to those right right and it very much is that like oh women can't cohabitate they can't go coexist regardless of their age because why are you trying to compete with an 11 year old an 11 year old like, that makes no sense. That's gross. Also, the way that Lindsay Lohan holds her own in those confrontations, 100%. too. 100%. Lindsay Lohan, the queen. I wish that she had had a different life, different parents, because she was so talented. I watched the behind, like, there is this, um, how Annie turns in, how Lindsay turns into Annie and whatever. It's a special feature that how is she on coke there. switches. Yeah. And so, like just watching her be interviewed and like the way she's talking in those interviews, she's very skilled. Like she knows she's not a dummy, dumb, dumb, dumb for being 11 or whatever. Um, she's very, uh, intelligent for an 11 year old speaking about very technical things, right? Like I couldn't have told you before I watched this, anything about how they had to do the switcheroo. Like I I wouldn't have had the language at all. When I was a child, I was very old before I realized that Lindsay Lohan was not a twin. Yeah. A lot of people were very confused that everyone thought it was actual twins and not a different girl. And they used a lot of blue screen, which I thought was really cool because they show, they, they walk you through it. So if anybody hasn't seen it, they really should just watch the extras. And it's like the bonus little bit about how they, how they filmed it. And they had like, I think he said they had like 10 stand-ins that were all the same height, same hair color, um, same age. And so they used a lot of stand-ins and then they would blue screen a lot of stuff and then Mm -hmm. layer that over. And it's 1998 technology, but it's still really interesting. Yeah. 
because for the time it was stated they are well and it doesn't look as cheesy as the now what we know jurassic park of our current age the reboots of jurassic park and the reboots of uh star wars look like Mm -hmm, when it just mm -hmm. looks so overly done yeah you're like this is too clean it actually creeps me out (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so that was my thoughts about a meredith blake but then i also remembered that there is a theory going around social media have you heard it Oh, it's the Gaston where it's like, well, if everyone would have just been nice to Meredith or if Belle would have been nicer to Gaston, there'd be no villain in the story. And I think a lot of millennial women found themselves to be stepmoms, but we grew up with the evil stepmom trope. So now we have to like tear down like Cinderella and all these other little hoes that made it impossible to want to be a stepmom. Um, children can't be villains in their own abuse story like she's so mean (laughs) yeah because here's the thing like the twin the idea of the twins being the real villain i was thinking about it today when i was watching the movie and i thought if i'm 11 and i go away for eight weeks and i come home and my dad's like guess what i'm changing your entire life and you had nothing to do with the decision because you were gone and i made the decision for you but also i missed you so much don't ever leave me again so much like of course you're gonna be a brat of course you're gonna act out of course you're gonna react to that because the sit down and let's have a conversation was, hey, girl, I'm getting married to this person that you've you've realized could be your sister <laughs> in age. Yeah. Also not. Hey, I've met someone we've dated. Let's all get to know each other and like see where it goes. Also, like Meredith Blake only works in absolutes. Ob- absolutes. Mm. There it is. Um so she's immediately like i'm gonna have one conversation with this kid and then this bitch better fucking back off and she literally thinks that that that's how 11 year olds work and i'm like no 11 year olds are petty Mm -hmm. i've never actually let go of how petty i was at 11 years old i'm still that petty so of course they put a lizard in your hair and of course they try to drown you in that lake like the rest of us could only dream of getting to do that and there was no like adult conversation between Nick and Meredith on how they were actually going to right. handle this. So in a way, Nick is also kind of the villain parent because it's like, so you just thought we'd bumble this and Chessie would take care of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of emotional baggage being handed to all of the women in this movie. Right. Because he's the charming one. Because the way we meet Nick at the airport is very old Hollywood, very romanticized, very much like coming home, feel good. Look at this handsome guy who's a dedicated dad. And no one, get me wrong, my only note about Nick in this, on my entire page is Dennis Quaid is such a babe. Yes. <laughs> and he is. He and really Dennis is. Quaid, Dennis Quaid was the babe of my childhood because of Parent Trap and my secret favorite movie, Dragon Heart, where he mm. has to share half a heart with a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and the dragon, Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, I love Sean Connery. RIP. And, and I love it. And he's a babe and he's a knight of the old code and the old ways where knights and dragons were friends or whatever. And yeah. then they get to sh- 
I'm sorry, Dennis Quaid doesn't share half of a heart with the dragon and dragon heart. I almost want to punch myself in my own face. The evil prince shares a heart with the dragon and dragon heart. And because he, he, like, he corrupts the heart and then they got to take care of him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Dragon heart. It's a great film, everyone. Dennis Quaid, babe. Jerry Lee Lewis, babe. (laughs) Well, and when you see him, and Lizzie later sort of connect like he clearly still has feelings for her and because always he, has and always has and like you know he sees her in the lobby and he's like holy shit and then he gets himself freshened up to go look for her like and not in like a creepy sort of way it's in a oh my gosh like i need to look good i'm gonna go find her she looked beautiful what is she doing here like oh like heart fluttery kind of way and meredith is just in my mind villain 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 she's like super let me just say this it makes me really upset when people are like i'm going to send those children off to switzerland and so i can have the men to myself because that because in the scenario with the guy being you know being the primary care provider it's probably going to be easy right to convince them that that's what's best but me as the mom like you were saying earlier i shit my kid turned 18 and went off to college and i'm still kind of like do you really have to leave my house well and Nick gives off really big, like, I don't even know what went wrong energy. Right. So it very much feels like, because Lizzie is like, he drives me crazy and she's chain smoking and she has to have like eight bottles of wine and a limo. And she's like, he, I cannot believe that I'm going to see him again. He infuriates me. Yeah. And then he's Mr. I don't even know what I did want. I'm adorable. Yeah, I'm a babe, if not a baby. And it's very much, and I've been talking about this a lot, where it's so infuriating the amount of mental and emotional labor women are handed, mm-hmm. and then you're dealing with it day in, day out, trying to make it better, trying to convince yourself right. it's better, trying to raise him to be a man, even well, though... Sorry, go ahead. I don't even know where we got the notion that like men would rise to the occasion. We keep saying it's because of rom-coms, but they never seem to do it there either. Right. And, and he's just saying, they're going, I don't even know why she left and took my baby. I don't even, Chessie, do you know? And it's, and they just get to play that off all the time. Well, and it's like, he is never, he gets, Everything is cared for for him so he can be the wine creative genius. Because why else would you have Chessie? Yeah, if he really, she was, she was there from the jump, right? Because Lizzie's like, "Oh, Chessie, of course I remember you. You're so great. You're amazing." You were <laughs> um, but like, it's he's always been. It's always a situation for him where he's been. I'm a genius and I am a businessman. So I need to do these things. And so therefore you all must support me so I can focus on these things. And it's cute and great and wonderful and lovely that he has a relationship with um, Hallie and that, you know, she adores her dad, you know, yay for you. But also how much of that relationship is just Disneyland dad, even though they live together because Chessie's there doing all the hard work. Well, and also he's like, Mr. Like I'm so talented 
I'm a wine guy. I have this amazing business, but he's also like, but I'm not like a serious guy. Right. I'm like a fun guy. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It is exhausting being in a relationship with the guy who's always like, whoa, whoa, what are we screaming about? Yeah. Yeah. I am the fun guy. Why yeah. are you throwing that at my head? Yeah. Weren't <laughs> we having fun? If you're just joining us, we are talking about still, um, the par- 1998 version Parent Trap starring Lindsay Lohan, Natasha Richardson, and and Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. And we are discussing the theory that the twins are the real villain. But they can't be because they're children. Yeah. And it's not a scary movie. Like in scary movies, like children can be the villains. <laughs> like, yeah. Like we've seen that happen. Yeah, um, this isn't a horror film. This is like a, liter- a legitimate family-friendly rom-com. Yeah. Um, and also just be, and I think what also is happening with that, like argument and that TikTok trend is number one, Meredith Lake still hot. Um, so she's on TikTok now with Chessie and we're all like, oh, she's still hot. Mm-hmm. And so we want to side with her and she's like, maybe everyone should side with me and good for her. Be relevant how you're relevant. Yeah. Um, but also I think what's happening is, is at the base of it, what we're really uncomfortable with is how Meredith was used as a sexual prop for mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the language for that anymore. So we're like, justice for Meredith. Those kids put her in a lake. Yeah. They do do real extreme shit to her. They put yeah. her in a lake. <laughs> yeah. They do. And she could they... have drowned. <laughs> trying to think of what happens to her in the original. I think it's just... Oh, in the original, they do... They do all the things to her tent that it happens, you know, in the first, uh, when they're at camp. And then there's little tiny bear cubs that sneak in and cubs. are like licking the honey off of her face and her body. Were they brown bears or black bears? They were brown. Brown, you got to lay down. Black, you attack back. Those are the rules for the bears. <laughs> well, also baby cubs mean there's a mama somewhere. There's a mama and she's mad. <laughs> so i was like so so i feel like that's a that's a decent edit right like i felt like that was a good edit because in 1961 i guess you could have bears as in as props for movie like live actual bears in 1961 you could have bears in your baby in your uh movies and you could have lions in your bedroom it was a oh, wild gosh. time the wild time <laughs> it was a wild and time. then the guy in the 61 version because because in the 61 version he has a housekeeper and he also has like a ranch hand because he's not a he's not a vintner he's a ranch guy um and he's like they ain't nothing but bit, little biddly old bear cubs and you're just like oh bear cubs that could murder you which by the way me i'm always the person who's like why are you so scared of the little teddy bear brown lay down black scream back (laughs) that's what you do with bears there's a rhyme i'm like how do i learn how to climb a tree real quick (laughs) why are you so scared hug the little babies they're just little little guys i was recently at the zoo and every animal um, enclosure we came to, my friend and I would look at one another and go, I just want to give it little scratches, just a little scratch, just a little <laughs> behind the ear scratch. My God, Natalie, please don't get accidentally murdered by a wild creature. I am very surprised that I have not been one of those people to like lose a limb at the zoo because they were doing like white people nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. But yeah, so that was kind of like my big thing was like Meredith was very much painted to be a seductress, younger woman who bewitches the doofus kind of middle-aged wealthy man. And I just, I think that's, that's where I'm like justice for Meredith, not in the whole, like she wasn't, not that she wasn't a villain. It's just like, can we stop painting women as like, she's not bad. She was just written that way. Yeah. I love Jessica rabbit is basically what I'm saying. (laughs) We need to cover Roger rabbit on the show. I love Roger rabbit. And I probably have like a large portion of it. Or at least just memorized. Signs memorized. I still don't know who framed him. I've seen that um, movie a billion times. Roger Rabbit and Muppets Take Manhattan. When people ask me what my Easter traditions are, I'm like, oh, watching Muppets Take Manhattan and Roger Rabbit. And they're like, not an Easter tradition. I used to show it in my Catholic classroom. I'd be like, good news, everyone. Yeah. You can't show Roger Rabbit at school. There's some wild shit that happens there. But right. Like, good news, right. everyone. Easter breaks on its way. So I thought we'd watch. The best Easter movie of all, Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. I love that. Um, do we think that Hollywood made Lindsay Lohan bleach her freckles? I was shocked by how many freckles were on her face. No, because in her Vanity Fair cover, she still had a shit ton of freckles. Good for her. And They're I adorable. Think, I think it's a matter of, you know uh just covering them up with makeup and stuff because it is really hard and it is mm-hmm. shocking when you know somebody has a ton of freckles and then they put on foundation and you're like what's different about your face yeah. <laughs> god the acting chops of that child at 11 just to have so the career talented. that she had i know she's so talented to- and it's the same with amanda Bynes. it's mm-hmm. the same with hillary dove these really young women of the 90s and the 2000s were very talented and they could hold their own in scenes with grown-ups. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be young women in Hollywood and therefore we refuse to let them have the career that they deserved. Well, and I think too, a lot of that also is, you know, the parent parental role. Cause yeah. Hillary Duff, I feel like came out of it unscathed out of the three sure that did. you listened, that you listed listed. Um, and so like, when you think about, all of our young starlets who kind of came out of it okay they had a pretty solid like parental support system yeah Yeah. um okay so can i tell you something else that i love about the 1998 version of course all of the nods to the 1961 version Mm -hmm. it makes me so happy that's what reboots are supposed to do it's supposed to make me feel warm and fuzzy yeah, but I mean, like, they take things, like, they pull things directly. Like I mentioned before, the scene where she's like, Grandpa, and that is that my Annie, that tall, gangly thing? Um, the snapping of the sticks because the bears, to keep the bears away, like, that, I love that. There's, um, there's other little scenes, too. Like, the way that they redid the scene where uh, Chessie's telling 
Hallie about her dad being engaged, you know, Verbenia in the movie is like, I'm not going to say a word, not one single word, and then goes into like the gossip of it all. And they do that same thing, but in a 1998 version. And it's so beautifully done. Like, this is such a wonderful example of how you do a reboot of a movie that still makes you feel all the things the 61 version did, but for a modern ver like it's such a, a wonderful nod to the original in, in, but keeping it relevant and modern. Like these two movies stand alone to me. Like they are two different movies completely because the acting is different. The vibe's a little different, but yet they still could be their own family, if that makes yeah. any sense. No, <laughs> no, it's family. like when people, it's like it's big like, sister, little sister. It's like when people make fun of me because I went and saw the last Jurassic Park and they're like, but you hate Chris Pratt. And I was like, but the original three are coming back and they're so fucking hot. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're so fucking hot. And they're going to play all of the music cues that like makes my brain tingle and and I like yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah. And I like to hump my chair whenever Jeff Goldblum's around. Look, he's right here. Oh, sexy <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Hey, sexy Jeff Goldblum. Hey, sexy you? Jeff Goldblum. God, I still can't get over that Gina Davis full on said, this is my soulmate. He's my soulmate, too. So, like, maybe Gina, Jeff, and I need to talk. Oh. <laughs> oh. Spicy. Spicy. Um, also, along that same note, I found the very beginning of the movie, all of the camp scenes, very kind of queer coded. And I was yeah. like, what's really happening? I was yeah. like, is it because all girls camp is innately queer? Or is it because I'm like, oh, no, they're coding Haley that way as a way to, like, differentiate herself from Annie? Mm. You know, it's interesting because... In when I first saw the movie, I just was like, Man, all female spaces, that sounds amazing. Like, look at all everyone getting along and having a good time and you know, having this great relationship. Because again, I I grew up in religion and it just didn't have the same collective vibe of unity as they like as religion likes to say that they do. Um well, and you know. In every Disney movie, they have some sort of queer-coded character, mm -hmm. and it's usually a villain, which is Disney's fuckery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just like watching it. I was like, "Oh, that's the first time that that's hit different." And yeah, then I was like, interesting. "Yeah," I was like, "Damn, if it wasn't for Christianity and just like uppity conservative white people, I would have came to terms with my bisexuality way earlier." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like I had somebody I was having a conversation with, doesn't matter who, had made a comment about like all these people and they're who are old who are coming out now. What is that? It's so tragic, blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, let's talk about the seventies. I I wasn't there, but I can read history books and I watched a lot of television that was from the seventies <laughs> and the way that they talk about people who are gay. <laughs> Um, okay. I, I, this is dangerous because I'm on live internet, but I was explaining to one of our mutual friends because they had mentioned the Gaylers on one of their publications. And I was like, oh, ho, 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 ho. but have you ran into the Hetlers who are 
so proud of their heterosexuality that they literally scream, why doesn't she have the right to be straight? And everyone's trying to make everyone gay. And then they hashtag Hitler all over it. <laughs> and it's I very didn't unfortunate. I know that was a thing. Uh-huh. Yes. Dang. Mm-hmm. You need to be in the comments more in the conspiracy theory TikToks. You need to be in the comments more. No, it is because very, it's like I'm very too susceptible. Go because ahead. as you know, like it's very clownish and comical on both sides, mm-hmm. but it's extremely like satirical and comical on that side because they're like just mad that maybe another person would be gay. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what they're screaming about, and the rest of us are just like picking up on things we're like there's just a vibe that's so funny i think it's funny when people are mad yeah about like why is that like who like i'm yeah i'm here to tell you that i'm pretty confident it was like the 20th century who's like angry about it because i feel like i feel like well, again, I, you know what? I'm not going to make a comment because I grew up in a Christian church. So all of my information, all of my learning was self-learned about well, things like science and history. And I think that part of it plays into the beginning of this movie. I mean, just like getting a vibe mm-hmm. that I've never gotten a vibe before. It made me realize how far I've come in my deprogramming of not only misogyny and male patriarchy, but also heteronorm normativity right because when people scream you shouldn't just assume someone's gay it's like but then you're also just telling me that i should assume that the the, the world is straight and right. that is the majority which i do hate that i hate that that we should just assume everyone's straight like right. that's not that's gross and so when i start to read vibes i'm like oh yes because my brain didn't immediately go that's a girl that kisses boys and only mm-hmm. boys mm-hmm. <laughs> And I wonder, too, because, you know, Nancy Myers is the director. She is a co-writer on this film. So, again, at the hands of a female as a female of a woman director, someone who's looking at camp through the lens of what would she want her daughters to attend? Mm-hmm. Goes back to your theory of like, pretty sure everyone's queer until they, until they're not. Until they're not. Until, until someone smacks you about it or something. Until someone says something really mean to you in a hotel lobby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I do think like that is something about being young that we take it for granted. And it's like, it's the same argument for why babies can see ghosts. Mm-hmm. And it's because, well, their brain hasn't shut off to the ghost yet. Mm-hmm. So at some point through everyone's canon, there is a canon event where you eat, where a lot of people went, oh, you have to be straight. Straight is safe. Everyone is straight. It's a very straight world. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it didn't happen and they didn't have to deprogram or it did happen and they deprogrammed earlier but it is really nice to kind of just like walk through the world being like, I don't know, maybe I could kiss anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe my hot tub at The Bachelor would just like look like a little potpourri party. Yeah. <laughs> it could be anybody. It could be anybody. This is yeah. me demanding gay love is blind. If we can do gay ultimatum, we can, we do, can do gay, gay love, love is, blind. is blind. I deserve gay love is blind. Um, Everybody does because I, uh, 
straight ultimatum was boring straight ultimatum was so boring this season of love is blind very messy i'm in love with it but that yeah. ultimatum season two with the straights how not, dare you air that <laughs> it was not great it was not great where were the producers making drama no one was talking to these boring people <laughs> I don't know. Where was the manipulation? Where was the gaslighting? We all watched unscripted on Lifetime. <laughs> right? Um, okay, so that brings us to our final that now we're at we're coming to a close on our hour. Mm-hmm. And I need to know, Natalie, are you still comfy with parent trap? 100 mm-hmm. percent I number one, like, hey Dennis Quaid, hey, I know that I said that you were the problem in the whole like switcheroo scenario. Um, but you're adorable and you're a babe and you're the reason why I listen to Jerry Lee Lewis's music, <laughs> even though I had to watch you hit Winona Ryder. <laughs> yeah. 14 year old Winona, or her and character was 14. And it's literally seared in my brain. You shaking her while she's in her like nightgown. <laughs> so anyways, um, I love you, Dennis Quay. Always will. And oh, and also, like, I do think it is very the fact that N- Natasha Richardson was so beautiful and so talented, and from like literally anything I've ever seen of her, so kind. And for us to lose her tragically due to a skiing accident, mm-hmm. I vow to never ski because that's how we lost Natasha Richardson. And yeah. so, you can't make me. It is my platform. I vow to never step on skis because why would I? Mm-hmm. Um, in honor of Liam Neeson. Um, I I think I told I saw, I said this in one of our group chats that whenever one of her her sons is reportedly said that whenever he's really missing her a lot, he watches Parent Trap because that's but, the most like her in real life. She's so beautifully empathetic in this movie. She's mm-hmm. just like beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, like, her mannerisms, the way she talks to the girls, even when she finds out about the switch, like, you can just tell there was never a mean bone to her. So, Natasha, you're missed. And, Dennis, you're still a babe. So good for the two of you. (laughs) Well done. Well done. And, Chessie and Meredith, love what you two got going on. (laughs) Besties in real life. Besties in real life. Here for it. Here for it. I also am very comfy still with this movie and will continue to watch it. It is one that I really do enjoy watching in the spring and summer for obvious reasons because it's summer camp. Um, But it makes me feel like if I didn't have such a heavy-handed religious uh, growing up experience that this could have been not like the switcheroo part, but like going to sleepaway camp and just like having pals. (laughs) Jules, you have pals. I know I do, but like, like when it's just the I'm I'm currently reckoning with all of the uh, religious stuff in my life. Clearly, as you can tell, um, and I just spent the weekend. I did just spend the weekend with my two best friends from high school that we've known, and we've all known each other since technically junior high. So, yeah. like, yes, but like, there you never went to camp with those ladies, so it doesn't even count. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We've never been to camp together. We've never done anything sleepaway at all. We never <laughs> rode our bikes to the next town over and ran into a grifter on the street. <laughs> no, but we did walk a lot to the AMPM, which is now at Starbucks. <laughs> oh, 
that that beautiful Christina Milan song. Somebody hit the lights so we can rock a day and night. I think every time I see an AM PM, which doesn't happen often in the Midwest, yeah. but should I be traveling and I see an AM PM, I'm always like from AM to PM. Yeah, I remember you, Christina M- Milan. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it just makes me like kind of nostalgic in a way of like, I that would have been nice to have had a childhood like that. And not in like a bitter way in yeah. like, a, oh, this is a this is a nice little dreamland I can escape to from time to time. No, I had wild summers. I had wild unsupervised summers. I had two summers in camp. Um, camp's expensive now. So I would like to remind everyone that Jules has never been to sleepaway camp. She's never been to summer camp and she has no friends. You just heard her say it. Uh, (laughs) And our Venmos and all of the ways to support our show and to make sure that our shows make money are in our links in our bios and all you all. And if every person who runs into this donates $1, (laughs) Jules and I may get to go. to sleep away camp and Jules could maybe make her first friend. <laughs> Who's in your house? No one's supposed to be in your house. I don't know. Okay, great. Ghosts. <laughs> I don't know if it's Josephine or if someone's stopping by. Well, here's Penelope. You want to come here at the tail end? I'm just going to assume it was Josephine. It was probably the dog. She has a collar that doesn't make like tags that don't make noise because I can't stand the sound of it hitting the bowl. Look anyway, right into TikTok's eyes, Penelope. I love that she you was clocked. Like, she was like, "Hey, TikTok, <laughs> what up, TikTok?" Also, I appreciate that you clocked that. I thought for a moment I wasn't alone yeah, in my house. Kind of doing my little commercial. <laughs> and I look over at you, and you're just like, "I was like, who the fuck's in your house?" Um, we Natalie- always thought it would be me murdered live on the internet, and here we are. We are. Natalie, why don't you tell our friends uh, what's coming up for you this week and where they can find you and support you? Hey, everyone. It's the last week of the month, which means that in order to get a full episode of To All the Men You've Tolerated, I've Tolerated, You've Tolerated, We've We've Tolerated, tolerated. um, before you have to join the Patreon. Good news. Good news. You could have a seven day free trial for all of our tiers and binge all of the bonus episodes um the one that we release in september is a doozy it is about johnny depp and amber heard all over again um so yeah so the preview that's going to air on thursday during our normal slotted time is last month's patreon episode which was jules and i trying to pretend like we did things this year (laughs) that affected our goals (laughs) and make ourselves feel better you can find me at men i've tolerated pod on instagram you can find me on tiktok at natalie k124 um every uh some other quick and easy ways to support the podcast is to sign up for our newsletter because it will have a merch code for our halloween merch that i've been told is pretty cute this year (laughs) it's pretty cute this year you but you got to get the newsletter to get the code yeah i didn't know i didn't know if youtube was going to be mad because tiktok could see penelope but they couldn't but oh, look, she's Penelope. right here. She's gonna kill me. <laughs> she's like, "Why'd you pick me up this Why way? Why'd you pick me up?" <laughs> Friends, I also have a Patreon bonus episode going out this week. Um, so if you want the full episode, join us on Patreon. 
patreon.com slash Julia Washington. You can sign up for my newsletter. You can join all the fun. We recently dropped a book review about the book. Did you hear about Kitty Carr? That is a Patreon only book review that you can find there. Um, we are moving a lot of free content to Patreon because as we're learning, if Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk ever get into that cage, we will no longer have social media. AI, baby. <laughs> so find me over on patreon.com slash Julia Washington. You can be in a paid tier or you can be a part of the free community. Either way, you will get the same great content that is dropping on social media, but you will get it on Patreon first. First. Um, and remember out there, kids, <clears throat> high five a writer. We've reached a tentative deal. <laughs> um, watch the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie from last year. It was adorable. And we should adorable. support her getting her career back. Um, don't follow Britney Spears' advice. Stay away from knives. But most importantly, stay cozy, stay comfy, and send Julia to summer camp. Bye, friends. We'll see you next time. For Armageddon on my channel. <laughs> I, I forgot to plug that too. Next week, Armageddon on to on the Men I've Tolerated Pods YouTube channel. Find us there or B Square.